chapter 6. And I'd like for somebody to volunteer to get that uh, text for me, Genesis chapter 6, 5 through 7. Uh, Don Galati, get that. Then I want our key text, which we've been using to launch this, which is 2 Timothy 1, 7. I'd like somebody to get that, which was uh, uh, Mick. And then uh, maybe Paul, right now, if you get for us numbers 25, 1 through 3. Uh, and then I need someone to get for me. Genesis 8:21 is Dennis. So we've been doing a uh, study on uh, insanity or sound mind. This is a very profitable, a very interesting study. It uh, has uh, we could go in many directions, but it has a, a very uh, profound and a very wide uh, perspective in uh, Scripture. And so uh, this morning I want to uh, uh, deal with another uh, facet of this. Uh, we live in a generation. Uh, that probably, like no other generation, uh, has been affected by uh, high-tech and uh, technological advances. And this has raised the stakes on a disciplined mind. Uh, uh, there's a recent uh, uh, flap in the, uh, in the national scene, Bill Clinton, uh, Monica Lewinsky. This is a scandal that's emphasized the depths to which our society uh, has sunk. And so just a Ken Starr report alone uh, equals any pornographic novel, novel that's ever been written, simply in documenting the acts and relationship. And so uh, to just mention that for a moment, uh, this underlines the danger that we face. And I want to uh, teach this morning on the polluted mind. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. We look back into uh, the ancient text, and we're going to see a very interesting track that begins to work through in fallen human personality. Genesis 6, 5 through 7. God looks upon man, and, uh, and this uh, translation says every thought of the uh, uh, intent of his heart. I believe the King James says every imagination. So this begins to emphasize uh, with us the polluted mind. Uh, we aren't sure. We just get one little glimpse into history. We aren't sure all that was involved there. The prior verses before that uh, lead us into a mystical understanding of some kind of uh, uh, sexual relationship that man's having that's not uh, proper, uh, and then leads into these verses that we have here. And so we want to talk this morning about the polluted mind. There's no generation has ever existed that has the technological and has the uh, media uh, capability that the generation in which you and I live, and this puts a special danger upon the disciplined mind. So, first of all, I want to take you back into a little bit of understanding of the dynamics of pagan worship. You see, you and I have an adversary. His name is Lucifer. He's called Satan in the Scripture. He uh, is very wise, and he understands the dynamics of human nature. Uh, if you are ignorant of that or you ignore that, you do this to your peril. Numbers 25, we find a very interesting little scenario that will uh, help to bring a focus on this in a history of the children of Israel as God is dealing with them. Numbers 25, 1 through 3. 
All right, the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. Go ahead. They called the people to the sacrifices of their gods. Now, underline that because here you're going to get some understanding. Go ahead. And the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. And Israel joined himself to Baal Peor. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. So if you just read over that and you don't have any insight into what uh, Baal Peor was all about or the, the pagan rites or the worship uh, 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 ritual that was involved, you miss a little bit of there because uh, here the uh, uh, people of Israel came into uh, a, uh, a scene where worship is taking place. Uh, it says they sat down to eat. Uh, another place in Scripture, I believe the psalm says, they sat down to eat, they rose up to play. And so it kind of misses because Scripture uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't spell out some of the vicinities that are involved. So in these pagan worship rites were in obscene rites. Many of the pagan temples, as we'll uh, underline a little bit later, uh, most of the pagan temples, they were, uh, uh, they were human sexual organs that were on display, uh, 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 Images of this uh, at the doorways of these. And so uh, what was involved here is the sexual uh, uh, involvements or the uh, sexual practices and rites that were involved. So uh, here are the men of Israel. Uh, they go in. They said, uh, do a little humorous thing. But, uh, they said, you know, what do you girls do? So they said, well, come on in and watch. There's nothing harm with what? Nothing wrong with watching, right? Isn't that right? It doesn't hurt to watch. So they go in and watch. The problem is that this involved uh, obscene rites and sexual practices, and as a human nature being what it is, their sexual passions were stirred, and it resulted in fornication. And that sad history is written there for you and I uh, for our lesson. Because most of the pagan deities involved uh, fertility rites. They were uh, connected to sexual objects and images, uh, you have the names of Ashtoreth, you read in the scripture, Astarte, Diana, um, uh, the many-breasted goddesses. And in Corinth, the old city of Corinth, as you go in there uh, today to see the ruins of the old city of Corinth, you can look up on the hill, uh, and uh, there's a temple to Diana. And uh, this temple to Diana was a fertility, a fertility goddess or many-breasted goddess. And a thousand prostitutes every day plied the streets of the city of Corinth and, uh, and solicited attendance at this temple. And you can imagine the power that that had over the populace. And, uh, you know, you make a lot of converts that way. Right? People that aren't saved, uh, and, uh, and uh, they enter into this. And so this is what we're dealing with. And when the Bible says that uh, God looks upon mankind, and he's displeased with mankind because the imagination of his heart is only evil continually. Uh, we're, not, uh, we're not dealing with somebody's thinking about smoking. We're dealing with a profound issue that strikes at the very base uh, of human personality. Remember, we're teaching this morning about the polluted mind. We're dealing with insanity or sound mind. Genesis 8.21.
All right, here is God. This is, uh, this is a post-flood uh, uh, observation. Uh, God looks upon mankind and says, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to destroy the earth with a flood uh, because the evil of his heart uh, is uh, evil continually. So the Bible's filled with this testimony. I want to get two scriptures or three scriptures here. I want Deuteronomy 29, 18 and 19 right here in this section. Uh, Brian... I want Jeremiah 9, 13, and 14. Twister, I want someone to get for me. Isaiah 57, verse 8 is Dennis. So the Bible's filled with this. Remember now, uh, these temples, the entrances to all these uh, temples to pay in deities, they were based upon uh, the base passions of man. Uh, You'll find that most religions uh, have some kind of touch of this. Is they, uh, They will either encourage or they will uh, uh, deify, or they will bring this about. They're based on uh, the fertility cults and sexual images that were at the entrance of many of these temples. Deuteronomy 19, 18 and 19. Deuteronomy, what did I say? 29, 18 and 19, I'm sorry. What kind of translation are you using? Okay. Uh, imaginations is what we're after. And if you look at that in the uh, old King James, you'll find that imagination uh, is what's involved there. Uh, the uh, book of uh, uh, Jeremiah, chapter 9, 13, and 14, brings it a little bit clearer. There again, the imagination of their own heart is uh, the King James. Okay. And so Job 31, verse 3. I give that... Wait a minute, I'm in the wrong place. Isaiah 57, verse 8. I'm sorry. This is a very interesting uh, little text in Isaiah 57, and uh, uh, reading from uh, Berkeley, I think, says, Behind the doorpost you have set up your symbol. Deserting me, you've uncovered your bed, have gone up on it, have widened it, and have bargained for those whose embraces you love and with whom you have multiplied your harlotries gazing upon your symbol. Kind of a little obscure text. Berkeley gives a little side note. It says, carvings of the sexual organs were prominent in the Asherah worship, which led to the exposing of the worshippers' secret organs themselves. Then, uh, looking into uh, 26 translation, gives us another little translation, helps us to get some insight. Moffat says, is the foul symbol stirred your foul desire? Uh, New Amplified Bible says, you carved the symbol and gazed upon it. Uh, another translation says, Behind the door in the side porch you set up your phallic symbol, and apart from me you've stripped and gone up, you've distended your parts, you've bargained for those whose embraces you love, and with them you multiplied your harlotries while gazing on the phallic. 
as another translation, New English Bible, beside door and, po- and doorpost. You put up your sign, deserting me, you've stripped and lain down on the, on the wide bed which you've made, and you drove bargains with men for the pleasures of sleeping together, and you've committed countless acts of fornication in the heat of your lust. So here we have uh, the uh, issue that we're dealing with. We're talking this morning about the polluted mind. So the aim of, uh, of the devil is to incite the imagination through words and through images. And this is the greatest danger that we have in this age. We're very quickly uh, coming to the issue of pornography, aren't we? That's what we're dealing with. This is the major, the major problem of our generation. And unless you extricate yourself from it, if you're involved in it, it will curse you, it will destroy you. This is the major problem we're dealing with in our society today. And so we need to look at it. I'm talking about the polluted mind. So uh, the Bible warns repeatedly concerning the issue of our thought processes. I want uh, over on my right-hand side, Proverbs 23, verse 7. Somebody like to get that for me? Proverbs 23. Steve would get that for me. One uh, uh, either maybe you'd like to get for me Proverbs 6:18. I need Acts 15, verse 20. A mic back in the corner. And uh, uh, Yvette, Job 31, verse 3. I need Psalms 101, verse 3. Uh, Paul would like to get that for me. And so the Bible warns repeatedly concerning our thought life. Remember now, uh, we've dealt with the ancient uh, uh, deities. We've dealt with the pagan religions. We've seen what the Bible has to say moving this forward. Now we want to bring this down into a modern age and to... Uh, dealing with the polluted mind, and the Bible warns us about this. Proverbs 23, uh, verse 7, the first half of the verse. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You cannot escape that. You cannot escape that. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, what transpires in your inner being defines who you are. It's, it's your character. You cannot escape that. You can sit and smile. You can wear a three-piece shirt. You can be groomed. You can be hairsprayed and shampooed. But I want to tell you, it's what's inside. That's what you are, and you will not escape that. It will lead you to your destiny, and the Bible says this is what defines the man. What defines the man isn't uh, sitting in church grinning like a smashed cat. What defines the man is what's going on down inside. You can, uh, you can sit in church and, and, uh, and be smiling, look very spiritual, uh, and inside be filled with all manner of pollutions and simply be sitting in church uh, uh, to further your own lust and your own uncleanness. Proverbs chapter... Uh, in other words, what this verse says, whatever dominates your mind defines your character, and if it defines your character, it defines your destiny. Proverbs 6, verse 18, 180. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. This is in a list of several other things. That's all we need this morning. Uh, Proverbs 6, verse 18. Acts 15, verse 20. All right. Here uh, they write. They say uh, uh, you need to be very sure that you stay away from the pollutions of idols. And remember, uh, there's more involved than just simply an, an innocent 
image of some kind. We're dealing with the pagan deities and the pagan religions. Go ahead. And from fornication, you find those always tied together uh, in the Scripture. Job 31, verse 3. Uh, I don't think so. Job 31, 1, I'm sorry. I've made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a young woman? And so uh, uh, you're sitting here this morning and you say, what's, uh, what's the big deal? Well, what Job was really saying is to look uh, under young woman. It actually, the original word means to, to uh, uh, gaze intently or to perv on her, as the Aussies say. You're looking after her to lust. Job said, I've made a covenant with my eyes. I'm not going to do that. Job understands the dynamics of the human personality. He understands the danger of a polluted mind. And Psalms 101, verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. This undoubtedly has a biblical root, roots back into uh, the issue that we're talking about, which is talking about I, the uh, pagan uh, worship, the, their deity, uh, but isn't it very interesting that while uh, people today wouldn't wouldn't even think of looking on uh, Buddha to uh, to uh, worship that or uh, or some kind of a pagan idol, uh, they'll uh, fill their living rooms uh, with naked bodies from the tube. Say, well, I'm not going to do it. I'm just looking at it. Don't kid yourself. You don't understand the dynamics. Of a, of, a, of, a, of a polluted mind. Now moving very quickly on to uh, other things this morning. Let's take a look at pornography because this kills the soul. Incidentally, uh, an excellent book that's on the market at the moment dealing with this issue is an affair of the mind. It would be uh, well worth your while uh, if you uh, or anyone that you're involved with is, in, uh, is having problems if you read that book, this is a, the journey of a woman that writes of her adventure, and it's a tremendous book that will give you some insight into the dynamics. Pornography kills a soul. I want over on my far left, Romans 121. Pornography kills the soul. Say that out loud with me. Pornography kills the soul. Say it again. Pornography kills the soul. Write that down somewhere in your Bible. Romans 121. Who will get that for me? Pete Baker. Uh, Daniel, will you get for me uh, 2 Peter 2, uh, 18 through 22? I want Romans 1, 24. Uh, Adam, over on my uh, far, 1 John 2, 15. Is it uh, uh, Scott Lamb? And uh, uh, Louis, did you have your hand up? 1 Corinthians 10, 6. I want 2 Corinthians 12, 21. Somebody over on the far side. Uh, it's Ken. All right, if you get that for me. Pornography kills the soul. Romans 1, 21. Because when they knew God, they did not glorify Him as, as God. Why did they not glorify Him as God? Didn't they know who He was? Of course they did. What does it mean to glorify Him as God? It means if God is God, He's just not your buddy. As, he's not your buddy. He's your pal. Is that right? He's your sovereign. He's the one that commands and has a right to every thought, action, activity, appetite, desire. All that you are, all you have, He demands or He's not God. Is that correct? But when they knew God, they didn't glorify Him as God. Go ahead. 
neither were they thankful, became vain in their imagination. And as a result of that, their foolish heart was darkened. Pornography will kill. Second Peter 2, 18 through 22. Here, religious people, they speak great uh, swelling words, but the problem is their message, and they, these are people that are preaching, these are people that are professing to be Christians, but their preaching appeals to the flesh, it appeals to the base passion, it appeals, it, it appeals to people who want to get rich, it appeals to people who want to have their ego stroked, it appeals to people who will go to church because of what they can get out of it, it appeals to people who will only attend if their ego's stroked and they're not crossed in any way, either by word or deed. It appeals to a generation that wants to worship God after the dictates of their own heart. Go ahead. They use the words. They promised them liberty. They use all the phraseology. They themselves are the slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him is he also brought into bondage. The only way you can escape the pollutions of the world, this involves the mind, is the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But if after that's happened, you continue to pursue the pathway of the evil imagination in pornography, here's what's going to happen to you. You will again be entangled and overcome and brought in bondage. The latter end of you is going to be worse than it was at the beginning. It'd be better for you to have never known Christ as your Savior. Then having known that, then you turn from that which had set you free. But here's an imagery you don't want to forget. A dog returns to its own vomit. How many have ever seen a dog uh, eat its own vomit? I used to have a dog. He was the cutest little dog. I really loved that dog. He was a uh, Heinz variety, 57 variety, and uh, he was uh, black and white spotted. He was, an, uh, he was my buddy, but he had a bad habit. And that bad habit was puking and then turning around and eating it. I tell you what, bad scene. You mean the Holy Spirit puts that in? Absolutely. I've seen old Nick. That was his name. Vomit up, and then turn around and eat it back up. The Holy Spirit uses that, and he wants to impress upon you how bad it is once Jesus has set you free that you turn your TV on, and you then begin to... Uh, well, it doesn't hurt uh, just watch, uh, you know, the Titanic. It's a historical flick after all, isn't it? No, it's not. It's pornography under the guise of history. Okay, go ahead. Puke we're talking about this, folks. Good morning, folks. Puke. Okay. And, but it's, it's, it's like the true uh, proverb, the sow has returned to her wallowing in the mire. Anybody, anybody knows anything about pigs? Uh, pigs are not this uh, crisp bacon. 
that you get uh, when you fry. That's not what pigs are all about. Pigs, if you've ever been around a real pigsty, I want to tell you, you can smell a pigsty a long, long ways. And you don't want any pigs around your house if you want to live in peace and and uh, and, uh, and uh, not be nauseated. There's there's few things on earth that have the smell of a pigsty. How many of you ever smelled a pigsty? Okay, I'm not obsolete yet. All right. And so uh, I want to tell you that the Holy Spirit takes this uh, imagery and says, if this is what you're doing, you've been set free by Jesus Christ, and now you open yourself up and begin to pursue the pollutions of the mind. It's like a sow that was washed clean, put a, put a, put a yellow ribbon on her, uh, but she's not changed. She'll just go right back into and start wallowing that horrible, filthy uh, garbage uh, that uh, absolutely brings a stench to the nostril. And the Holy Spirit picks it up deliberately and brings it to shock the sensitivity and say that's exactly what uh, is involved in a polluted mind. Romans one twenty four. If you persist in this, God will give you up. You think, well, the Lord's going to save me. He'll turn me from this before it's too late. Uh, but the Bible says that there's at some point where God says that's enough. You like slop, you like puke, go get some puke and slop and, uh, and eat a belly full of it, and I'm through dealing with you, that's all. You're out of here. Okay, was, uh, what point is that? That's not for me to say. I'm not God. Okay? So, First uh, uh, John 2.15. Any man loves the world, uh, the love of the Father is not in him. Go read on through verse 17, uh, uh, Scott. All that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but that's of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust thereof but he who does the will of God abides forever. Okay, this is very plain. So we're talking about this morning the polluted mind. First Corinthians two, uh, ten rather six. First Corinthians ten six. All right, this uh, uh, this uh, uh, turns back to the uh, Old Testament. Gives us a, a resume. Uh, of the, some of the passage we just read, Numbers 25, and said they lusted after evil things. And he warns us that uh, as believers in Jesus Christ, this is not to be our portion. Second Corinthians 12:21. All right, here. Spells it out. Said that when I'm coming, I'm uh, I'm worried lest there's going to be some among you who've not repented of the lust and uncleanness and lasciviousness, and I'm going to have to uh, I'm going to have to be a hard man. Okay, let's open it up for a moment. Right about there, uh, uh, we've got everybody in full shock, and uh, so let's have some questions or some comments. Jeff Brown.
Yeah, the horrible thing is that people usually do die the way they live. And the reason that I got triggered on this, as I've said before, on the mind, is I've observed over the period of years that the older people get, the worse they get. And so uh, uh, the, the, the chances of a person in senior years turning from the pathway that they've followed is very, very minute. Thank God there are few. I've observed a few through the years that have... Uh, that have repented and got right with God, but there are very, very few. Uh, generally, the older they get, the more mean they get, the nasty they get, the more hard they get, the more polluted they get. And so uh, that's why I'm teaching on this, because it's a shocking thing to find... disconnected their intelligence and they've gone uh, bonkers into insanity. And so this is just one facet of what we're teaching that's very crucial that you discipline your mind. God uh, has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Is this correct? A disciplined mind. Okay, someone else, a question right at this point or a comment? Uh, Leah? She says about a year ago she was a receptionist and uh, people were uh, uh, letting her uh, read through teen magazines. Having, uh, uh, having imaginations and having uh, dreams that was tormented, not figuring out where they were coming from. Go ahead. Garbage in, garbage out. Right? I just had a pastor. I was over in Las Vegas, New Mexico. was asking me, what's the root of, uh, of uh, horrible, uh, nightmarish, perverted dreams? I said, well, I don't know. But uh, uh, it's uh, either something you're being surrounded with or something you're doing. And it's not very mysterious. Now, we have this idea that here we are. We're just poor, helpless, innocent souls. And we're just walking through the garden and uh, the pathway of life, minding our own business, you know, looking at the flower. All of a sudden, a hand comes out, jerks us into the bushes and uh, rapes us and, uh, and savages us. And next thing we know, we've got all kinds of bad thoughts. No, 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 no. Look for the snake. The little saying that I've always said, 
I may not be able to put my hand on it when I'm counseling people. Somewhere there's a snake under the bed. God has not left us helplessly in this world, a victim of the devil, and here we are, just innocent pawns, and we're not doing anything. And uh, we just have been victimized. The devil just grabbed us. No, 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 no. See, God makes us with a, with, a, with a dominion, and we have a sovereign control over our personalities, and God won't violate that. He asks us to give our consent to anything that he will do for us, and the devil can't. Okay, got you all stirred up. Add a hand back here, Rob. Rob says, what amazes him is the ability of the mind to fill in the gaps. The imagination and the ability to imagine or creative imagination is a gifting of God that can be used to invent telephones, telegraphs, cell phones, airplanes, automobiles, all that kind of stuff. That's a God-given gift. Go ahead. That's two of us. The spirit. It is the spirit. You see, we're, we're dealing with something beyond human personality, but when you open yourself to that, then there comes another dimension that comes in, and that's where the devil comes in. That's why it's so difficult to get loose from. Uh, Dennis? Evil imagination. Okay. Anybody else want to comment or ask questions? Who is it? Uh, Steve? There's a what? Continuing illustration. We're on the pigs this morning, folks. Okay, there's a saying that pigs don't know that they stink. And so after you've uh, been in this uh, pig sty or barn for a while, uh, that uh, you get you acclimate to it. You don't know that it's so bad. And so uh, that's a good picture. It's uh, Jeff Brown again. Media has uh, polluted our nation, undoubtedly, uh, and uh, and that's the key because they have an agenda. They're propagating that agenda, but I want to make this a, a referendum on President Clinton. The thing you need to do tomorrow is vote, okay? If you haven't registered to vote, you need to answer the altar call this morning and repent uh, because you need to vote, and that'll help us because uh, if we get all the people that know better that will vote, it'll help a lot of things. Uh, uh, Bear Montgomery.
Yeah. Female doesn't seem to be as uh, as uh, susceptible as the male because of the nature of the people that it really is. Yes. Okay. Before we before we run out of time, I want to get some more scripture. Uh, we're going to deal with lust because lust is unlawful desire, and that's the fruit of a polluted mind. Right in this uh, section, I want to uh, look with text that the lower nature is given to lust. Ephesians two one through three. Somebody get that for us quickly. Uh, Don Galati. Uh, Alan Herman, 2 Timothy 2.22. Uh, I want 2 Timothy 3, verse 6. Uh, uh, Dennis, I want Titus 3.3. 3. Uh, Pete, I want um, uh, I want James 4.1. Uh, Woody, I want 1 Peter 2.11. Quickly, somebody help me. Uh, Leah, and 2 Peter 2.17 and 18. Somebody help us very quickly. So who is it, Gina? Okay, so uh, the Lord nature is given to lust. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, details what we are without Jesus Christ. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, there's another figure that's involved here exerting an influence upon society, their uh, conduct, and their morals. Go ahead. This is a spirit. This spirit is active in those who disobey. At one time, we who now are saved conducted our lives in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Look at that connection. You'll always see that over and over and over again. Uh, you sin with your mind. Your mind then is expressed through your body. Go ahead. Because of that, you were by nature the children of wrath just as others. Okay. And uh, 2 Timothy 2.22. Flee youthful lusts, and rather have your conduct uh, and pattern with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Second uh, Timothy three six. People who profess Jesus Christ, even those who are leaders, uh, are not exempt from this. Make sure you observe a lifestyle, watch their conduct, uh, because they themselves are, uh, are uh, capable of this. And uh, there's uh, a little terminology there to help you on that, uh, because they especially will exploit women, and it says silly women. There's a lot of silly women in the world. Still with me? Who are silly women? They're women who will vote for Bill Clinton, even though he's a whoremonger. Titus 3.3. Titus 3.3. Okay, we once lived in lust, and uh, this details it. Titus, uh, is that Titus 3.3? James 4, verse 1. 
okay? It's a desire for pleasure. This is the lust of your flesh expressing itself, 1 Peter 2.11. Abstain from fleshly lusts. These will war against your soul. I said pornography will kill the soul. A polluted mind will result in a dead soul. Second Peter two seventeen and eighteen. These are religious teachers, but they're given to lust, and it details that. All right, so we must avail ourselves of deliverance and cleansing. I want to, in this section, Hebrews 9, 13, and 14. Somebody help us here. Uh, Pete Baker, I want Galatians 5, 24. Uh, Daniel, I want Ephesians 4, 22. Uh, Adam, I want Titus 2, 11, and 12. Uh, Brian, I want First Peter 4, 1 through 3. Help us. Uh, Twister, I want Second uh, Corinthians 10, 5. Uh, uh, Valerie, I want Second Corinthians 7, 1. Uh, Bob Brewer and Luke 6, 18. Uh, Hugh. So you must avail yourself of deliverance and cleansing. There is a solution. And if you're caught in it this morning, you need to get free. Hebrews 9, 13, 14. This is the only solution that will set you free from lust and a polluted mind. Hebrews 9, 13, 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? That's talking about a miracle. It's talking about a supernatural action by God's Holy Spirit through the blood that was shed on Calvary Cross. That's the only solution to a polluted mind. Galatians 5, verse 24. Those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and lusts. This is your responsibility. You have a responsibility to put your passions and lusts upon the cross uh, and crucify them. This means that you realize uh, the, the uh, sin that is involved and that you take personal responsibility and by faith you will crucify or make dead uh, those things that are defiling the mind. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 22. You put off the old man like you take off a garment. You have the ability to do that. God will not do that for you. Uh, you can set religious, carry a Bible all you want to. You can sing all the songs, raise your hands, speak in tongues. You can do whatever you want to. God will not do that. You have to take action to put that off. It's a decision that you make yourself. No preacher can do that for you. God does not do that for you. He gives you the appeal. He convicts you. You have to put it off. It's a decision you make. If you make that decision, the Holy Spirit 
will give you the power to do that. Titus 2, 11 and 12. The grace of God bringing salvation has appeared, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust. We should live soberly, uh, righteously, and godly in this present age. First uh, Peter four one through three. The Bible says that Jesus suffered in the flesh. We need to arm ourselves with the same mind, and we need to now. Take action in our lower nature or our flesh. Go ahead. We no longer live the rest of our times in the flesh to the lusts of men, but for the will of God. That's what you did before you were saved. How many of you remember before you were saved? You are saved, aren't you? How many of you don't remember before you were saved? Okay, it's not a trick question, folks. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. Casting down the imagination. You have the ability to do that. You can, through the Holy Spirit, take control, cast this down just like assaulting a fortress and bring into captivity every thought, uh, imagination, perception to the uh, name of Jesus Christ and to submission to Christ. 2 Corinthians 7.1 Therefore, because we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves... Uh, from every filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Luke 6.18. Jesus sets free those who are tormented with unclean spirits. So you have to take authority over your mind. You have to govern your mind. You have to discipline your life. And this involves what you read. This involves what you look at. This involves what you listen to. This involves what you attend. This involves what you click on. Online is capturing people and damning them for hell. We can uh, mention the CDs, the computer uh, uh, capabilities of every film that's on the market today, etc., uh, etc. Et so we've got about two minutes. Uh, anybody, any comment or question before we uh, wind up? Remember, we're talking about the polluted mind and in a study... Insanity or sound mind? Anybody have a question or comment? Uh, Victor? You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins, not in their sins. The vast difference. All right, the Lord bless you. We'll continue on uh, next week with this study.